everyone. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Teddy and Lisa. My name is Teddy Parsons. And my name is Lisa Allen Coast. Teddy and I are so excited you're joining us today. Well, hello, my friends. So nice to see your beautiful smiling face again. How are you doing? Well, let me take a moment to uh, tell you I'm doing great. It's a wonderful Friday. The sun is out. We all should be happy about that. And we're happy today because we have a very special guest. And let me take a moment to introduce her. Her name's Amy Bergman. She's the president of Insight Human Resource Management, which is located in Adrian, Michigan. Good morning, Amy. How are you? I'm great, Teddy and Lisa. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Most certainly. And welcome to the podcast. Lisa and I are so excited to have you join us today. So let's start with you telling our listeners something about Amy. Who is Amy and what should we need to know? Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm a passionate HR professional, first and foremost, from a career standpoint, but I'm also uh, outdoor loving, um, you know, in my personal life, love to camp and garden and, and play with my pets and be with my family. And I'm a Spartan grad, and I have a son that's a senior at the University of Michigan. So we have a divided household. But first and foremost, from a career standpoint, um, I'm just very passionate about making sure that people find their joy and passion in their work and help them you know, along that path, whether that be individuals or organizations, to make sure that they have a really solid culture. Well, it's just wonderful that you said you're a Spartan. That's, that's, you had me at Spartan. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Thanks for sharing all that information. And I just wanted to mention that we'll be sure to list information about you, Amy, and Insight Human Resource Management on the episode narrative for today's podcast. But let's get our conversation started. Amy, why did you choose HR? And what about this work motivated you to open your own business? Oh, great. Well, as, as most people coming out of college some 25 years ago, you know, you don't really know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your life and what you want to be when you grow up. I, I landed in HR simply because I had a passion for um, working with people and um, understanding the psychology of work. Um, really, first and foremost, was just in, interested in business, but also on the people side of the business versus, you know, digging into analytics numbers and things like that. Uh, but fast forward, you know, about 15 years into my career, and I was in HR in the financial services um, industry. And a lot of um, clients of the particular bank I was working with, you know, commercial clients needed HR guidance. And since I was the HR leader for the bank that they were, you know, getting their business funding from, um, they would tap me for information or, or guidance. And it really sparked my entrepreneurial spirit to want to open my own firm to be that resource to small to mid-sized businesses that maybe didn't have the you know, resources internally in their organization to have high-level HR expertise on their team, but they still had you know, human resource needs. And so we created this company, or I created this company to be that resource to those businesses that surely need HR guidance, uh, but that don't necessarily have, you know, the depth of a payroll to be able to support, you know, a CHRO on their team. So this gives them that 
connection. Um, we, we partner with um, organizations, both nonprofit and for-profit, to be that HR sounding board, um, help them through compliance issues, sticky wicket issues, and currently manage through the talent crisis that, that all organizations are facing. So that's kind of how we got going. About five years ago, I launched this business and have been going strong and, and growing every year. Thanks, Amy, so much for sharing that information. So while poking around on your website, I noticed that Insight HR Management offers a very wide array of services from HR project management strategy consulting to creating a brand loyalty kit. What services are the most in demand and has the pandemic shifted what services are in need now more than ever before? Right, uh, good questions there, Teddy, thank you. Um, I I would say most recently over the last 12 months, and certainly as a result of the shift in organizations due to the pandemic, uh, services related to talent management and HR compliance have been the two hot buttons uh, that we get contacted the most about, and we're, we're providing a lot of help. So a couple of things, you know that a lot of um, individuals are choosing to kind of rethink their careers and decide what they really want to spend their time doing. And sometimes that leads to them choosing to leave an organization, thus creating an opening in that organization, or, you know, just trying to figure out where they belong within the organization they're at. So as we're helping clients um, deal with um, or, you know, individuals leaving their organization, um, maybe restructuring the organization, helping develop career development plans for individuals to keep them in the organization. We're doing a lot on the talent management side, including helping fill their open positions and trying to take a more creative approach to talent attraction and selection, and also trying to help relieve the burden of sometimes that can be pretty daunting to smaller businesses that maybe don't have an HR person on staff to, to handle, you know, hundreds of applicants coming in. So that talent management is a huge piece. The other compliance side relates a lot to COVID, but also to employee engagement. And what I mean by that is organizations that have a solid culture and good process and structure for the management of their people tend to have a more engaged team that potentially will not leave. And so having a solid foundation of, of like a COVID preparedness and response plan and, and consistent rules on how you're going to apply that, a, a good employee handbook as a guideline for not only employees, but managers to give them the structure they need to you know, work with their team and manage through issues and have consistency and fairness in, in how they manage things. And then in addition to that, having solid compensation practices and doing regular market studies, understanding what the compensation protocols are for like industries or places where you'd be searching for your talent to make sure that your compensation process is equitable and competitive. So those are some of the three, I guess, key areas that we're spending a lot of time most recently. 
Amy, you mentioned um, corporate culture, which I'm always fascinated by. Can you give us a few examples of what today's leaders are not doing well? And what are some of the areas that you're seeing where improvement really needs to take place? Right. Uh, well, they're, they're one and the same, really. So mm-hmm. one thing that we do regularly is um, kind of take the temperature of where our employees are in the organization to understand what the issues are. And the first and foremost response that we always receive in every organization that we survey or have anecdotal conversations with for employee feedback is communication. Um, Employees are frustrated with feeling um, like they don't understand what's going on with the organization. Maybe they feel disconnected to um, the mission or they're not quite sure what the strategic objectives are of the organization. Um, Or they just feel, especially if they've gone remote um, or have, you know, staggered shifts and things like that, they're, they're feeling disconnected to uh, the overall communication from the organization. So leaders um, are missing the boat on the opportunity to connect regularly and often with their team simply by not communicating regularly. And that communication needs to be in a variety of different formats because not everyone uh, retains the information if it's just by email or just by a you know, teleconference or something like that. So we're providing a lot of guidance to how to have more consistent, regular and thoughtful communication. And obviously there's you know, confidential things that necessarily won't be able to be shared, but you can be communicative about direction of the organization and what the plans are for working through current challenges or bottlenecks and being clear and open with that communication. So I would say to answer your question, like that's, that's the overarching culture issue. And then the, the next most significant is management. And what I, and that's a huge topic, but it, you know, statistics say, and the truth is, you know, typically employees are leaving organizations because of their manager or management versus um, any other factor in the organization, including compensation. And so the best investment an organization can make to improve their organization is in their management development and understanding you know, that you, just because you have the best producer on a sales team, that's not gonna make them the best manager of others on the sales team. So really investing in the development of those leaders that are charged with, you know, connecting employees to the vision and mission of the organization. So a lot of management development initiatives can solve a lot of culture issues and not tolerating bad managers. Uh, So recognizing when one is, is a problem within your organization and addressing that by either developing them or shifting them into a role or that's more appropriate or inviting them to make themselves available on the open market if, you know, as a last resort, so. Thanks, Amy. Um, I want to kind of follow up on that because today, you know, most of the people who will be listening to this podcast are HR leaders. Can you give us just a quick example of what are some uh, areas that you see HR leaders are not doing well that they could improve in? 
Well, I mean, shout out to all my HR peeps, first and foremost, but everyone's got a lot on their plate in the last 18 months. And they're, we are, we're surviving right now. I mean, really, uh, it's hard to be great at everything right now with all of the pandemic related issues, the talent crisis related issues. So I just want to give kudos to everyone in the HR world, because I I'm with you. I understand what you're going through. And I guess to answer Teddy's question related to what you could be doing is really prioritizing what are the main bottlenecks or challenges for your organization and developing a timeline and a plan to execute on those, create the initiatives, and and you can't do it all at once. So looking at what are the quick hits? Uh, where do you need to um, gain outside resources or other resources internally within the organization and tap those resources instead of trying to do it all on your own? Because I think that's one of the issues that HR leaders tend to have is feeling like they have to be the superhero and do it all themselves. Uh, they, they need to partner with others to to be effective and to accomplish those things. So figuring out, you know, what's the priority and then what resources do you need? Um, And that's where partnering with an organization like mine, or maybe your professional association has some resources or things of that nature that could help you be more successful, but you not have to do it all on your own as the HR leader. Thanks so much, Amy. And the reason I ask that is because a lot of the listeners um, are in the HR field and they have not reached the same level you have. So uh, that was great advice and thank you so much. So I know that HR management offers, uh, you know, Insight HR management offers DISC assessments to your clients. Can you please explain to our listeners what the service is and how it can be beneficial to them in their organization? Oh, absolutely. I love talking about DISC. So D-I-S-C is a tool that helps organizations and individuals understand really how each individual on a team thinks and just overall operates. And the assessment that the individual takes, um, it provides them a, a report that explains Uh, their motivators and the way they prefer to communicate and their hot buttons, the things that frustrate them, um, how, how to interact with each style. So it kind of categorizes the individual's uh, work styles and behavior styles. And then it gives you a roadmap for how to interact with others of like styles and others of different styles. And I'm sure, as you know, Teddy, uh, you know, it takes, all the different styles. So this kind of has four quadrants, um, all four styles to make a really good operating team. You know, no one style is better than the other. And one of the things I've learned in my, you know, 25 years of HR leadership and, and work is that people have a hard time communicating with one another and understanding differences in each other. And instead of being direct or um, open about their misunderstanding of how someone else operates is they go to assumptions and they start 
you know, making up stories in their head about why someone's behaving a certain way. And it creates, you know, barriers that are really challenging for teams to overcome because you've, you've internalized and created this, this whole dialogue in your head about why someone's behaving a certain way on your team. And it's really frustrating to you. And the nice thing about DISC is it puts it all out there on the table. It makes it very transparent. And when I facilitate with teams how to use those profiles, all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and they start realizing that their assumptions, you know, were wrong and this person isn't acting this way because they don't like me. It's not about me. It's about how they prefer to operate. And so it teaches you um, how to use the knowledge of other people's styles and, and their preferences and communication and work so that you can be more effective working together as a team. So there's a real opportunity for teams to have breakthroughs. And the other really cool thing about it is that it's not just related to work relationships, right? So it gives you tools to be better in your family life or in your personal um, relationships, whether that be significant others, children, parents, um, community organizations that maybe you're involved in or boards that you serve on. So it's, it's a really fascinating tool. It doesn't take a whole lot of mental energy to complete the assessment. And it's, it's really eye-opening. Yeah, and we're going to encourage our listeners to reach out to you uh, for the DISC assessments because it, it is a great uh, program. And so, Amy, as you know, I have a long history in HR myself. And in my career, I've always managed on principle and not on policy. I find, in my own opinion, that too many HR professionals are so tied up in adhering to all the policies that they forget the human factor that comes with part of their role. What is your thought on this? Hmm, that's interesting. Well, I think that the policy gives you the foundation to be equitable and consistent. And you're right, you can't just rest on the black and white of the policy document. It, it just gives you the roadmap to begin. And that's where the social and psych psychological aspects of being an HR leader come in is how to interact with the human element of the, in the psychology of people on your team to you know, guide them through the organizational challenges, help them on their career path. So I like policies because they give you some structure and foundation to work from. Uh, my, my personal opinion is that um, there's always the gray in between and how you navigate that gray um, help, you know, to help, to help the employee, to help the organization it then creates that possibility for, okay, how can we make this work for you? Um, our policy is you get, you know, 10 days of PTO a year for every, you know, five years of service, you get five more days or whatever it is. However, you know, we can negotiate some of those details if maybe this is a great performer who we need to reward a little bit and they've got some things that they would like to do outside of work so we can reward them by giving them a few extra PTO days in to use in 2021 um, or something like that. You know, 
that's a very simplistic example, but you know, just working around some of the details of the policy to meet people where they are. And, um, and that's, you know, it, there are certain things that the policies um, from a legal compliance standpoint are very, you know, necessary and helpful for, but there's other times where you can look at things and say, well, how can I do something a little bit different, maybe a little more creative to connect with this team member or this this whole department and satisfy their needs, maybe motivate them a little bit, um, kind of help them along and not just rest in the black and white and um, end up being the policy police department instead of the human resource element of what you're supposed to be in that organization. So here you go, Amy, I'm gonna shift to a little bit more personal question. You've had a long career Looking back, what would you tell 20-year-old Amy from the lessons you've learned along the way? And what would what advice would you give her? Oh gosh. That's a great question. Um, you know, don't sweat the small stuff for sure. <laughs> and you know a, a cliche that I've used a lot in my career um, is, you know, is this the hill I want to die on? So really, it goes back to the policy kind of thing, like, do, do you really want to put your stake in the ground over this particular issue? Because, you know, people can get really wrapped up and very emotionally, you know, drained by fighting for something that in the big picture may not be that, you know, significant. So it's kind of choose your battles and um, just, you know, look for opportunity everywhere, set goals, and then create action plans to achieve them. I, I wasn't um, in the first probably 10 years or so of my career, wasn't really focused on goals. I was just, you know, going through the motions, trying to figure out, you know, what my place in my career and in my organizations that I was with. And as I, you know, matured, Goal setting has been a really purposeful exercise that has helped me stay focused and working towards the right things and being able to say no to the things that don't uh, align with my purpose and my priorities. And I think if in the first 10 years of my career, if I was, you know, given that advice, um, it would have really helped me to not get burned out because I was saying yes to way too many things, both internally and organizations, as well as externally, like being asked to do a lot from a community perspective. And sometimes you think you need to do it all and you really don't. You need to do uh, the right number of things really well versus saying yes to everything that comes at you. Mm -hmm. So Amy, I really appreciate you saying the word burnout because for a lot of the younger HR professionals, they will experience that the longer they're in this role. But I think, you know, the great thing about everything, the advice you've given today is spot on. And, you know, and I loved when you were saying to reprioritize and to look at priorities. So I appreciate that because, you know, in HR, we have to always find we have to align our uh, passion with our power, right? So I really appreciate that. So let me ask you, where are we gonna see Amy in the next three years? In the next three years, uh, you'll probably see that I've achieved my, my goal of, of running a marathon. 
Um, I became <laughs> a very novice runner about five or six years ago when I recommitted to my personal health and wellness. And um, I'm looking to achieve my first half marathon this year. So in the next three years, I'd like to be able to do a full marathon just for personal achievement to say that I've done it. Um, from a professional perspective, um, you will continue to see me leading the organization I've created along with a team of other HR professionals to service the small to mid-sized for-profit and non-for-profit organizations, helping them to achieve their goals will be beyond this pandemic and will be helping organizations thrive, um, meeting meeting their growth goals or their organizational maintenance goals, whatever their individual company goals are, and, you know, we'll be growing and providing um, development opportunities to other HR professionals and helping them on their path. One of the things that um, I'm very passionate about is career coaching and helping people along their journey so that um, kind of to Lisa's question of like looking back 25 years ago, what would I have told myself? Helping people ask those questions of themselves wherever they're at in their career so that they can get focused, so that they can really feel like they're working with purpose and um, feeling fulfilled both on the personal and the professional side of their lives. Because a lot of times people feel like they, in order to be successful, successful on their professional life, that their personal life, you know, they have to give things up or vice versa. And I believe that there's a way that you can do both as long as you're focused and really holding yourself accountable and, you know, using your drive and ambition to help you achieve your goals and, um, you know, having the power to talk to that little devil on your shoulder that's telling you to quit and to give up and things like that and having the power to to overcome those things. Thanks, Amy. Unfortunately, Amy, our time together is coming to an end. This has been wonderful. Thank you all for joining us today on Real Talk with Teddy and Lisa podcast. We have truly enjoyed our time together and look forward to having you guys join us on a future episode. We encourage you to learn more about us by visiting our website at tlrealtalk.com. Also, please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again, Amy, for joining us on this episode of Real Talk with Teddy and Lisa. Remember, no matter where life's journey takes you, it's always a great time to grab a cup of coffee, some hot tea, or a martini, and let's keep it real. Mm -hmm.